changing the course. We are dead. We are all dead. We're supposed to make the world a better place. What happened? I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. I know kung fu. You either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. This whole thing is insane. This whole thing is insane. 300 years ago, you'd have been burned at the stake. What do all men of power want? More power. This is now the United States of Zombieland. This whole thing is insane. Man is even capable of nothing but destruction. Everybody is stuck with the things that they're not proud of. More power. Welcome to the desert. Of the real. More power. There can be only one. Are you a God-fearing man, Senator? You're such a strange phrase. I've always thought of God as a teacher, as a bringer of light, wisdom, and understanding. You see, I think what you really are afraid of is me. Happy heresies and welcome to the desert of the real. Heresy shouldn't be this much fun, but it is, it just is. Especially with the latest audio version of Baby Live. And definitely heretical fun when we do a Gnostic year in review and next year predictions. Gird your loins and hold on to your eggnog because Gordon White and Chris Knowles grace the virtual Alexandria. Ready for a Gnostic and magic take on the high weirdness of 2023? And what cosmic, arconic, and egregorial forces will manifest in 2024? What socio-political forces will do their best to worsen society? And what can you do about it? You better be ready, because it's the end of the world and I feel fine. Worry not. The inner journey has never been this easy. Full show for everyone, and the next traditional podcast will be a double header and also full for everyone. I'm in the holiday spirit, and I want everyone to get some of that sweet gnosis for 2024. As I mentioned in this show, the Gnostic Tarot is out. Its genesis is as strange as the Elvis book and Astronosis. And here we are, and what a product. Step into a world where ancient wisdom meets modern mysticism. The Gnostic Tarot, blending beautiful esoteric art with Gnostic themes, is perfect for those seeking the ultimate Gnosis. This powerful deck, rich in symbolism, draws from Gnosticism's profound teachings and is ideal for meditation, reflection, and exploring spiritual realms. This deck is a portal to ancient wisdom and a tool for discovering the hidden truths in your mystical journey. Each deck is a mesmerizing blend of artistic expression and mystical insight, catering to both seasoned tarot enthusiasts and newcomers to the practice. Check it out on the show notes or at my homepage. Other than that, 
led us to the latest and last AV Live of the year. Sometimes I think about throwing this into the ocean. I think a lot of people think that. It's not a long-term solution. We do need them. Do we? I don't think we do. I mean, if they'd have pitched them as tiny computers, which is what they are, they're not phones anymore. I mean, that's not what we're using them for. I don't think we would have bought into it so easily. You look at photos of movie theaters in 1940s, everyone's smoking, like everyone. It's like a huge cloud of smoke above them. It's, you see it now and you think, fuck, that's so gross. But if you took a picture now, everyone's just hunched over their phones. It's the same thing. It's the same addiction. It's worse. At least with a cigarette, yeah, you're slowly destroying your lungs, but you're still you. With these, it's just, I mean, we're losing ourselves. I hate it. The first time I felt myself fall in love with you was on my phone. Happy heresies and happy holidays. Welcome to Aeon Bite. I hope everybody is having good holidays and a, had a Merry Christmas. My name is Miguel Connor. I am your pompous of Gnosis. I am the magic man, but everybody here is magical too, and you are magical. If you think I'm magical, I touch roses. And yes, I bet nobody had in their bingo card that's, that I would quote Book of Love, but for some reason I had to do it. And yes, I've decided I don't go against the gods. I don't go against the voices in my head, whether it's the Elvis book, Astronosis, or as you saw from the video introduction, the tarot deck. If there's a voice in my head, I've learned I just go with it regardless of what happens and that's why I quoted, uh, yeah, this song that I'm sure everybody forgot about. But yes, great show tonight. I'm glad to have some good friends to talk about uh, our demented 2023 and how 2024 might go. So with us, we've got a man that I hope will show us a world without sin. And I'd like to congratulate for going a year without drinking, and that's Gordon White. Gordon, how are you? And congrats. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. If you see me with this, this is actually a zero percent. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was crazy. That was a really fun, really fun ride. Um, I'm just looking at the screen. I'm so much redder than the three of you. You can definitely tell which hemisphere I'm in. Goodness, <laughs> I should. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. Not much going out, even though that here it's been above average and with us too it's always great to have chris who i know uh has made a commitment not to talk bad about bono until the holidays are over i have a feeling he couldn't do it or commit to it but and he's already talking about what to do in 2024 busy on twitter uh i think he's right you know get everything off the web physical physical copies because they're coming for us ha 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 Hooray, Chris, thanks for being with us. Thank you for having me. And have you said anything bad about Bono? Or you no, no. Uh, you've I'm, kept your I'm keeping my promise. Good deal. And with us too, we've got the moon vans. The moon vans. The moon dog vans. Vince, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm fine. Merry Christmas to all. Glad to see Chris and Gordon here. 
and we'll have a super review of 2023. Two ways, one 2022 or it rhymed, but anyway. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, for those of you in the chat, as always, if you have any questions, please super chat them. We've already got over 100 people in the comments, and I know the number is just going to get much bigger than that. So we could separate your questions. I saw your super chat, Chester, and appreciate and hope you had a good holiday. So, uh, I guess we should just uh, go with what we thought 2023 was. Uh, any of you guys want to get us started? Gordon, you go first. Uh, I have to say, like, if you look back at the, the, the global atrocities, they're also kind of entirely expected. This was not a year of surprises, um, looking at the model that I was at. Um, in fact, it's the energy of like, well, I'm not surprised, or well, I don't know what I was expecting, is more the energy that 2023 brings. Of like, yeah, yeah, that's about that's about it. That seems where we are in the in the um, precipitous, you know, collapse <laughs> of Western civilization. Even, and I, I mean, which isn't to diminish the the horrors. I suppose the only step change was uh, how intimate the uh, horrors being perpetrated are now that you can you just open up your phone to get a grocery list and see dead babies and it's like right okay that's uh that's this is this is going great everything's going great we're having a good time but for me that like i look at 2023 as as expected uh and yeah i think that's actually a key to looking at 2024 is to find find the level at which these events are not unexpected and you you derive intelligence from that level right like you can kind of see forward if you find the level of where this is this is going according to someone's if not plan then trajectory but that was there was 20 i mean on a personal level it was certainly mixed uh had some high points and definite uh emergency health low points but uh it was the year itself as expected i think uh if i was to, to give it a school report card yeah, you had Austin in your yearly chat, and what stuck out to me—well, what stuck, struck out the most, stuck stuck out most—was the last quarter him losing his cat, and I lost my cat. And of course, it was already a very emotional show listening to the both of you because, again, the stars were aligned. But weren't you and him talking about how 2024 is the end of the story? And so, like, um, I. I get where Austin's coming from there. I I am running to a slightly different predictive model, but what he means by that is that 2025 has more of the bigger astrological step changes where all the outer planets will be in new signs, right? More or less. So um, that's a fundamental, that is a great reset. And that happens in 2025. That's when we start to get the World War III proper stuff happening, right? So 2024, he called it the year of red herrings because there's going to be a whole bunch of stuff that gets started that is on the assumption that we're not about to head into this 2025-27 clusterfuck, which will um, stymie a lot of that. So I have no idea. Digital passports, all that kind of stuff that's going to be rolled out next year. It's like, well... How much of this stuff survives a world war? <laughs> you know what I mean? And that was um, the angle I wanted to bring to 2024 is um, don't make long-term predictions or don't extrapolate from the stupid shit <laughs> that, that uh, is going to start showing up or continue to show up. And I think that's pretty fair, actually, to be honest. 
Yeah, I, w- I would certainly agree. Yeah, I just saw Canada wants to do basic income. It's like, oh, oh gee, that won't make that won't make uh, inflation worse. That'll solve all the problems. And you've talked about, yeah, the studies on what basic income does to the psyche of a population. So Canadians are effed. <laughs> what about you, Chris? What's thy take? Well, we lost three cats and a dog. We lost oh, Linda, no. which was uh, yeah. really hard. Linda was a huge part of my recovery process. So losing her was hard. I mean, it's not unexpected. She was 13 years old. But I see this year as um, huge plates moving, huge tectonic plates moving into into place for future events. Um, one thing that I think wasn't remarked upon, and I, I would like to bring everyone's attention to it because I said so as you know, soon after it happened, is like that Covington shooting in Kentucky. I was like, this is the end of all that. And what what did we have almost immediately after the Bud Light thing with D- Dylan Mulvaney and then Target, right? Um, almost immediately after that shooting, it's like everything just started to fall apart. And I think, you know, maybe because Musk owns X, which I refuse to call X, I call it Twitter. Um, and a lot of the major advertisers are dropping out. But I think that a lot of the stuff that they've been pushing are is going to be gone. You know, we're going to see a lot less of this gender stuff. And because I think that that was one of those moments where people just sort of stop. And even if they don't consciously acknowledge it, it's like, okay, you know, all this intersectional stuff is is now it's killing people. And that's when it ends. That's when yeah. it all stops. So I, I think that that's something that people haven't really paid as much attention to, but I see it as absolutely pivotal. But also we're, we're on the tail end of this whole thing with the free money and the venture capital and all this craziness that started really, I would say 2012 around there, maybe sort of ramped up 2014. Um, We're seeing the end of that. Uh, Hollywood is dying. It's not playing possum. It's literally dying. Um, Things that we got used to complaining about (laughs) in the past few years, um, we're not going to see next year. I just, Mm -hmm. I think that it's all, I mean, it will still be on sort of a low level. You know, like you're sort of like, two, 3,000 Twitter follower accounts, you know, <laughs> sort of still going to be pushing this stuff, but it's, it's over. Um, and, and I, it, it isn't just like the gender stuff and everything, but it's, it's everything across the board and advertisers are going to be extraordinarily reticent and hesitant to sort of buy into the current thing. And um, also the, um, and I, I'm sure Gordon can speak to this with more authority, but the, the Ukraine situation, uh, I think that that was a lot more important. It's it's kind of like the Epstein situation. I remember when the whole Epstein thing went down in the summer of 2019. I remember thinking like, this is a lot bigger than it's being acknowledged as being. This is big. This is a lot bigger than people realize. This is, again, those tectonic plates moving beneath the surface. And that's what I think we saw this this past year. Um, you know, of course, we've got the election coming up. I can't even begin to imagine how that's going to play out. I'm sure that 
the entire um, regime, as it's come to be known fondly, is going to go into overdrive, um, just throwing every dirty trick they can possibly manage. Uh, I just don't understand. You know, I can't see like I can't see where Trump is going to go because he has no institutional support. You know, uh, he has less institutional support than he did in 2016. So I I just don't understand how this is going to play out. It very much reminds me of Julius Caesar, though. (laughs) So we'll see how it goes. But yeah, this is the year that, um, you know, it's like in chess where you start moving the pieces around, getting ready for your gambits. And and that's what I think that 2023 was, was all about. And I think 2024, you know, following Gordon's model, the 2025 is going to be where the shit hits the fan. Um, I think that we're going to be seeing massive mobilizations in 2024. Uh, they're, they're already beginning, but they're, they're all going to go badly because um, the, the empire uh, became fat and complacent and didn't pay attention to what, you know, the people who they chose for elimination or their adversaries or however you want to choose to put it, um, they didn't understand that, you know, while we were blowing billions and trillions of dollars on these ridiculous high-tech systems, they were just building, you know, shells (laughs) and (laughs) rockets and missiles and ammunition, you know, the stuff that really wins wars, not all this gee whiz nonsense that is going to be seen Five years from now, all that stuff is going to be gone because it's going to be tested on the battlefield and found to be almost completely useless. Yeah. Yeah, whatever went on with military funding, of, I mean, it's a slush fund and it's it's where trillions go missing. Uh, it, yes, but the US projects power with its carrier groups and its car- carrier groups can be nullified with Kinzhal missiles, which it can't shoot down. Like, it's it's so obvious, like, and they've had twenty years to fix it and didn't, right? Well, well, Russia just stacks up Kinzhal missiles, and you think, all right, let's see how this goes. It's not gonna, it's not gonna go good. Uh, well, yeah. well, look at that situation in the Red Sea now with Yemen. Um, this group, the Houthis, who you know they tried to basically completely eliminate off the face of the earth, weren't and are now holding shipping hostage throughout the Red Sea, which yeah. is, you know, one of the most crucial choke points. And Biden uh, launched this Operation Commercial Freedom, <laughs> the nonsense it's called. Prosperity Guardian. Stupid as fucking... It's just like, <laughs> what a joke of a military we have now. And, um, <laughs> and it already fell apart. So that yeah. is, I would see that as a, you know, for people in the West as an extraordinarily troubling development that they can't even um, put together a, a, an effective operation to stop, you know, just basically a ragtag bunch of, you know, with maybe with some drones and, and on both sides too, because when not even Australia will send ships in support of the, the latest ludicrous American adventurism, that's when, you know, the empire is fucked at both ends like that's some that's a yeah that's a devil's three-way right there because they're, they're ineffective if forward and they have no allies like literally australia is like nope <laughs> our two or three boats whatever bullshit we have it's like we're we're taking care of our regional area instead that's uh that's an alarming sign because that's never happened before so it is uh it's an it's gonna be an interesting thing to watch if we are watching from somewhere safe 
And Gordon, do you think uh, there's any going to be any play for Taiwan, or is that going to wait till 2025? I don't. When I look at the long, I think that's later on in the decade. Uh, it's it's just not um, that. My guess is it's later on in the decade. It 100 happens, but the, if you think about the longer. China waits, the easier it is. Like never interrupt your enemy when he's making a mistake and um, the potato is making lots of them. So <laughs> I don't see it happening yet. Uh, but I do, it, it's definitely happening, <laughs> right? Um, and that's, yeah. But Australia I, would I have to commit. Now, there might be skirmishes and that might be an indication of the red herring because there's some interesting mm-hmm. astrology coming up in Q1. The... Um, the Mars-Saturn conjunction in Pisces is some kind of naval event. I think that's Kinzhal missiles. I think that's more Middle East Europe, but it could be, uh, you know, it can be, if not a, a, a um, invasion from the water, then some kind of naval skirmish in disputed territory or what have you. So I think if we do get something, because there already is, they're already, you know, bumping planes uh, uh, with each other and so on. So it's not like it won't. It's not like it couldn't flash, but in terms of mobilizing to invade, I, I don't see that. I don't have that in my 2024 card. And uh, But Australia would commit with the West, right? It's going to go. <laughs> Why not? So we will, <laughs> we, will, we, will, we will go to war with our major export partner. Yep. <clears throat> Sounds like us. <laughs> Self-destruction. But yeah, I think Chris is right. Even before the show, uh, we were talking about the trying to cancel inner traditions because they put out a Julius Evola book, and you saw the same uh, group trying to, you know, with the the digital pitchforks, and it it didn't it didn't stick. It's just not as powerful. Even these holidays, I have not seen anything about trying to cancel the song "It's Cold Outside" or a fairy tale of New York or the usual kind of unhinged thing so at least that seems to be getting better well all the cancelers seem to have gone to either mastodon or blue sky Mm. and blue sky is basically completely walled off you can't even access it if you don't have i didn't even know what this first time i've heard of it an account well it's jack dorsey's new um, data scraping i mean it's complete the, you should see the the user terms. It's basically like you everything you have we own. All your data, everything, your health, uh, financial, uh, credit score, everything you have we own. That's literally what the um, user agreement says. I mean, I don't know who in their right mind would sign up for that, but that's I think where a lot of the cancelers went. A lot of cancelers went to Mastodon, which is just like you might as well just go back to MySpace. <laughs> you know I mean? It's like. Mastodon, oh, you know, I hear so many people apologizing for it or defending it or saying how wonderful it is. It's just like that's where you go to to your for your voice to die. Yeah. You know, I mean, for instance, Daily Grail um, made a big stink and a big show of quitting Twitter like anybody cared. And they went to Mastodon and I'll periodically check on this their page there. And it's like they have almost no interaction whatsoever i mean people just do not go there you know who goes to mastodon are like cp fans you know it's and and that's pretty well acknowledged i mean that's not like i'm not 
going Pizzagate on you guys. It's pretty well acknowledged that it's a huge hub for child abusers and yeah. child abusing enthusiasts, you know? So yeah. That However, yeah, I'm not sure how much of a differentiator that is, unfortunately, in 2023. That, that's a, a legitimate criticism of X slash Twitter is they could be doing more about that. Well, I have all sorts of criticisms about X, and I again, I refuse to call it X. Um, the, the bots have gotten completely out of control. Uh, I'm yeah. constantly getting bots commenting with total spam um people are manipulating the trending with just absolute nonsense you know using using hashtags and everything to just spam the trending it, it's it's almost completely useless now but this is part of a wider to, what i see as a wider program to make the internet useless and that sounds you know like hyperbole but i don't think it is i think there is a, a definitely an agenda foot to make the internet useless and the ai thing you know so all the search engines i think by this time next year at the latest will their search engines will be all ai and i've noticed go ahead gordon if you mean useless as in unusable i agree because they're going to turn around and go and therefore we need a digital id to prove that you're the real chris knowles and you're not an ai bot version of it and so on in that sense 100 percent. like they're, they're talking about what are we going to do to fix this problem that we fucking caused <laughs> on the web? Like, <laughs> they flooding it with this bullshit. Like, I know what. We'll have a government ID. So, um, yes, <laughs> it's, uh, it's definitely making it unusable so that people scream for, like, please, let me just go back to some form of reality. It's like, okay, cool. Here's your ID. Well, um, I'll tell you what we're doing um, at the Secret Sun Institute. Um, I've started something called the Secret Sun Shredder. And I want to create a database, um, blockchain with an internal server, where all this information that search engines are not producing anymore, unless you get super specific with your searches, um, you know, whether it's conspiracy or Gnostic or esoteric, I mean, whatever. Um, I have thousands and thousands of files on disks and everything. and it's stuff that just you can't get anymore. And you probably heard about dead internet theory, right? Where, where it's just, you haven't heard about dead internet theory? Um, go on YouTube and watch some videos on it because it's it's mm -hmm. really true. I mean, things are just vanishing. I had all these old bookmarks for like some pretty major sites. And I, I go to these, these sites and they're gone. They're just gone. I mean, and all that information is gone. Never mind like all the information that you'd have on like, message boards and comment sections it's all gone and it's all being systematically taken away and i think we really need to take it upon ourselves to preserve this information or it's just not going to be available to anybody and that includes yeah, movies books everything else i mean mm. they can change the the plot of a book in an instant if they wanted to mm. i'm sure they've tried they took Trump out of Home Alone too. My God, what else can really? they do? Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's that just that's thing. just so petty. It's just like, <laughs> I mean, I don't like that guy. I've never made any secret that I'm not a Trump fan, but it's just like, it's so it's such a daddy issue thing, you know. It's either a daddy issue thing or like a bully thing. So it's just we have all these like people who are still stuck. It's just astonishing the people who are supposed to be the leaders and the establishment 
media, I mean, even military intelligence, up and down the line, these people are all just fucking children and also fucking children. Uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> they're, just, they're just infantile. And to me, like the whole Trump thing, it's just such a symptom of the inf infantility. You know, it's like, again, I don't like the guy. I've never liked him. I didn't vote for him. But I don't sit there and obsess on him. You know, and I think the people who do are just showing their hands that they're just they're just children. They're just adolescents. They have an adolescent mentality. And it's just we cannot sustain a complex, technologically advanced society with these people. We can't. You know, these people who insert themselves into to, to all these nodes, these critical nodes and positions of power, and they have the emotional continence of a 12-year-old of a girl. You know? Yeah. And speaking of elections, do you guys think there is going to be an election or does it matter? I mean, I don't think there was I... one in 2020, but it never matters. Is what no. is one thing. Uh, so, this I would say is a good example of when you jump up to a planning level, that's the right thing to predict. So, the people that Chris was just talking about, um, no, they can't win, not that you ever get fair fights in American elections, but they know they can't win and they're in the middle of a heist. So they're going to do whatever they can to make sure that it, it tips in their direction. So they're starting with things like Colorado. And if that doesn't work, it's going to be something else. And if that doesn't work, it's going to be something else right up until, which I honestly think is the ultimate card to play because I can't see them assassinating him, although who fucking knows. Imagine assassinating <laughs> okay. game shows because you can't anyway. Yeah, true. I mean, when I say that, I'm like, I'm not saying they don't do that stuff. I mean... Uh, I think you end up with like a martial law style situation due to large scale terrorist events. And consequently, everyone has to post or vote. And that's how they, because if, if you look at the Armstrong model for it, it's like there is an election, but neither side believes the result. So for that to be true, if for it to be neither side, it seems like it'll be everyone because of they run another virus story or it's some kind of terrorist thing. Everyone has to post or vote. And they just do it that way. And you get to the other side of the election and it's another record landslide for the potato and you get civil unrest. Uh, it's, it, but like, it's more to the point that rather than pick, rather than speculate which one little tactic they're going to use, like, oh, they're totally going to do this to flip the election because you can be wrong and likely will be wrong about that. Jump up to the level where you understand that these people are, in a very, very incompetent, childlike, moronic, keystone cops way that Chris just mentioned, doing everything they can to uh, ensure that they can complete the heist, right? And, and if you understand that, it's like, well, then I'm not going to, not that you should invest emotionally in an election involving either of these two alleged humans regardless, <laughs> but like, okay, cool. Um, you guys go and do that. I'm going to try and go and do something that makes the universe better in the meantime. That would be my approach to it. Yeah, or they can just make Nikki Haley the queen and just start raining at, at nuclear bombs all over the world. Be Such a good example. I, I, I've said this last time, but I love projecting my mind forward to being a history student in 200 years' time, learning about this moment, going like, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> The, the chapter of Nikki Haley. <laughs> no way did this happen. No way did this happen. Amazing. Yeah. Nikki Haley is the Kamala Harris of Hillary Clinton's. I love oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> I, she's yeah. not a bright woman. She's just a mouthpiece for the 
you know, DynCorp and Lockheed Martin and Raytheon, on and on and on. And she's just a, a puppet. And it's, mm. I mean, I love, I mean, I don't know Vivek's positions from a hole in the wall, but I love how he just went after her in the debates. You know, not that I watched debates, I just saw the sound, you know, the sound bites on, on Twitter and it was great because I mean, she's such an easy target. But we are really at the point now, um, I think a lot of people don't understand that this country is is actually run by this large interlocking network of councils and committees and, you know, uh, you know, the ones we do know, the trilateralists and Council on Foreign Relations and then the Atlantic Council, but there's just there's tons of others and, you know, all these boards and then like uh, State Street and BlackRock and all these other companies. Um, it's all this, these people all serve on each other's boards. They all intermarry. They all network together. They all go to the same schools. They all go to Martha's Vineyard in the summer. Uh, it is, you know, in a completely incestuous system. So maybe in one regard, it doesn't really matter who who yeah. who gets in because nothing of any importance is going to be allowed to be decided by these people. And you know, and as far as Congress goes, I mean, just forget it. It's a joke. It's a sick joke. I was watching. Um, I don't know these <laughs> hearings, and it's like that guy Dan Goldman, who's like a Levi's heir. Oh he, my God. He's like as dumb as a post. And he's <laughs> a guy, bread. yeah, he just keeps walking into these traps that he's like the wily e. coyote of um Congress people. <laughs> and it's, he's so stupid, and it's just so obvious that he's stupid. And I'll see like all these people on Twitter, oh, he's so great and everything. He's just like Congress is just a farce. It's just a it's not it doesn't even rise to the level of professional wrestling. But it gave us George Santos. That's gonna be fun for years to come. And then Fetterman too. And you know, Fetterman's (laughs) Fetterman's awesome. Yeah, I love him. Yeah, uh, Caligula's horse, (laughs) as he's known as. Yeah. Yeah. But this is this is this is late empire stuff. It's so typical. Uh just go open a history book and just look up any late empire. And you're going to see all the same patterns playing out. It's human nature. Everything is cyclical. Everything yeah. has been done before. Everything has happened before. Everything will happen again. Um, but the thing that is 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 worrisome is this level of technical sophistication that we've become so dependent on. It's like I say, like the smarter our computers get, the dumber we get. You know, and the stronger our tools get, the weaker we get. You know, and this is a major problem. And it's like I, I hear I haven't talked about this for a while, but I, I keep hearing this. Like people are like, oh God, these Gen Zers, they they don't even show up or they show up late and they, they don't know how to do anything, but we've got to, you know, sort of humor them and everything. And it's like this isn't just like I don't know, millennials and gen gen Xers getting crotchety. I mean, this is like across the board. And it's like how how do you sustain a very sophisticated, highly techno- technologized culture and civilization with people who don't know how to fix them. <laughs> you know, it's just like don't know how to run them, don't know how they work. Um, yeah, we are just, there's so many things that we're heading into. There's so many headwinds that we're heading into, let's just say. And I just, I don't know how, I don't know how people are going to be able to, to navigate these waters in the future. Um, 
Chris, I know that I sounds very pessimistic, die. but go ahead. What's that? I think it's going to be bad. You and I talked about it on the phone. I mean, I am seeing people that I thought I knew for years, and they are just coming out with this rank anti-Semitism. We're not talking about anti-Zionism, <laughs> anti-Semitism. And I'm like, I never knew this about you, and you're calling for this really bad. And I'm seeing people coming with Islamophobe anger just out of nowhere. I'm like, I've never heard of this about you in 10 years. And I'm like, this shadow projection is going to be bad against Jews, Muslims, and immigrants. And it breaks my heart because, you know, we, we're not going to solve the problem by taking out MAGA or Jews or Muslims or immigrants. The, again, it's the divide and conquer. They're still very good at it. Yeah, but I think they I think they outsmarted themselves. Though. Go ahead, Gordon. See, I think, so uh, at Christmas... So one of the things Austin said on the show, which I really liked, um, because there's a lot, particularly in Q1, it's a lot of Mars stuff going on. And he's like, be careful in uh, which armor you enlist, because you're going to be enlisted. You're going to be, like, and on the literal level, we are looking at a non-zero chance, in fact, quite a good chance of a draft coming back. I think that's what the illegal immigrants really? were calling for. But that's not the point here. The point is more philosophical. Be careful in what army you enlist. Because I looked over Christmas at... Uh, pro-Palestine uh, protesters attacking Christmas trees in New York. And it's like, oh. And I, I felt some kind of way about that. And I'm like, fuck those guys. And I'm like, wait, that's actually like, <laughs> this is, uh, wait, hang on. I like Christmas and I want to stop bombing Gaza. Uh, it's so good. Like, because I'm like, oh, yeah. fuck those guys. Like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. not actually my position. And I think if you look at what, because um, they come out of the same NGOs and what have you. And, George Soros. Exactly. But if you look at previous runs at this, like Black Lives Matter or whatever, um, they got better and better at the, the actual dividing, right? Because you could kind of go left, right and, and polarise it. And right. the Israel-Gaza stuff isn't left, right. It's weird in that. It's so good, right? Uh, and the trans thing is another one. So you move through them and they get, Really, really good at this. And this latest one is a demonic masterclass in, in Divide and Conquer because at, at Christmas it's like, oh, don't attack the Christmas tree, but also don't attack Palestine. What do I, it's so good. It, I, I mean, in a horrific way. <laughs> yeah. uh, and and this, this doesn't end well. It just, it can't. They, they, it's like they've perfected. This is the crack version of Divide and Conquer. It's not good. No, there's going to be a lot of innocent dead people in this country mm. all over the world soon, and it's going to just create ang even more anger and more division and more armies against each other. So, yeah. So be careful. Be careful. Everyone's going to want to enlist you. Be careful where you enlist. I think is good advice. Yeah. Stand for peace. Stand for the mm. minority. Stand for the defenseless. Stand for something greater than where don't stand for where they're pulling your emotions towards because they are yeah. pulling your emotions and it's to insanity that's where it leads to amen oh, Lord, Lord, Lord. vance any questions or what do you think what are you, any predictions are you well predictions i think that in 2024 
phone menus, touchstone menus are going to get way longer because they're getting longer and longer. You know, press one for English. And if you have the, uh, you know, if you have an emergency, dial 911. And then the, before you know it, to, to find out if your pills are ready, you're, it's going to take 10, 10 minutes. That's you have to give your pronouns too. <laughs> yeah, right. Dial one for he, two for she, and three for other. But uh, I'm wondering what's going to happen with the UFO disclosure. Um, I, kind of feel like it's petering out that the government has got it under control that, you know, they, they've they kind of squashed it. Um, so that that's, that's what my prediction is that we're not going to see any real secrets coming out with the UFO. Uh, I th- I'm afraid inflation is going to get much worse. That's what I'm afraid because as they destroy the energy infrastructure, inflation is going to go up accordingly because everything runs on energy, everything, including servers and so forth. Uh, internet, yeah, I bet you the internet will continue to disappear because if you think about it, there's only so much storage that we can they can build. You know how many how many how many you know EMC servers or whatever they're using nowadays for the uh, the uh, the mega tera store terabyte storage. How many how many more of those can they build? I think they're starting to dump old stuff out to replace it with junk and advertising and so forth. Um, in 2024, Facebook will become completely ad advertised, and you'll have to dig around to find a post from somebody. <laughs> um, uh, I think Congress will degenerate into just a uh, like the stock market, only with protesters fighting each other. It's going to be a 24/7 protest. You know, and, and nothing will get done. As if anything's getting done. Now. Gentlemen, you can fight here. It's the war room. That's what's going to be Congress every day. <laughs> Oh, and AI. I, I, I gotta. I gotta talk about AI. Um, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not totally against AI. It's like uh, any other tool. It's going to be reflective of um, of whatever this, whatever directly, you know, direction the society is going. Um, there's. It can be very useful because when I search for things, a lot of times I have to do multiple searches. You know, with you know, play around with the keywords to get what I want. Um, I found that um, in in some cases, using certain AI uh, systems uh, will get me to results much faster. And that's where it should. That's where it should be applied. You know, that's one of the good. Uh, but you know, it's like anything else. Um, I'm a little bit worried about, um, um, I'm a little bit worried about this, uh, nuclear threat stuff because I'm starting to hear the kind of rhetoric that I remember as a child in the sixties, I heard we, you know, with the Russians and the atom bombs and all this other stuff. And, you know, people are starting to rattle their nuclear sabers and I don't know if it's going to happen in 2024, but it's like the cards are on the table now for, you know, at least limited nuclear weapons. And that, that worries me. So I don't think it'll happen in 2024, but maybe 2025, some, somebody might uh, let off something. And Iran is really the spot to watch. I think Iran, forget about Russia and China and all this other stuff. I think Iran is probably, is, is, is the real tinderbox there. They're the ones who are, they're the catalyst that's going to start a lot of trouble in the world. So keep your eye on Iran. That's uh, Persia. It's like back to Rome, you know, with the, ah. the wars against Persia. It's the same thing. It's, it's just like things just change, you know, things, the centers of power just sort of slightly move west every eon or whatever. And, <laughs> but, you know, the same pattern just keep playing themselves out. 
And it's just like you look at the crisis of the third century in Rome and a major contributor to these crises, which is, you know, plural, were all these wars with Persia. So, uh, yeah. you know, I mean, it's just, everything is, like I said, everything is just cyclical. It just changes garb, you know, it, it changes incarnation. But I, I think there's also something, I don't, want to, I don't want to say necessarily comforting, but there's something kind of reassuring about that because you just realize, you know, twas ever thus, this, this has happened before, this will happen again. And it might not change, you know, your physical safety, your physical well-being, but, it, you know, it can change your inner well-being to just realize that, you know, you're part of this larger drama. You know, you're part of this drama that, like I said, that repeats throughout history. And that to me is, you know, we can sit here and talk about all the problems till the cows come home, but, you know, what are we going to do about it? Yeah. You know, like, what are we going to do about it? We, we know, we all know that we're completely, we have no influence over what these count, you know, we could might influence what these idiots in Congress might say, but we have no influence what these councils, the councils that run everything do, and these, you know, these boards and these uh, hedge funds and all this kind of nonsense. So, I mean, what are you going to do about it? And, uh, you know, you can just work on yourselves. And this is like, I'm really getting to uh, Marcus Aurelius again, you know, because uh, he lived in a very, to, to, you know, uh, tumultuous time and he sort of developed this way of thinking uh you know and then it's not just him it's also you know people like seneca and so on but yeah. you know i i just find that um you can't change the world outside you you are a part of of a bigger drama what you need to concentrate on is you know what who you are what you're doing and how you respond to it and i think the the best way to respond to it is to start with you know developing inner peace and that might sound kind of hippy dippy and so on but it isn't you know and and i'm also i've been talking with the group uh we, you know with my people on patreon about dreaming that I, you know dreaming is something that always gets a lot more interesting and important during times of crisis and people just think oh well you know that you're a dreamer but i just did a, a live stream where like you couldn't believe all the inventions that came to people in dreams that just completely changed history, changed the world. Not only, you know, inventions and creations and discoveries and so on, but, you know, people like Hannibal and, and, and George Patton, you know, I mean, all these alpha males were, were following their dreams for, you know, for their oracles, basically. So we can't change what's going on outside of us, but we can change how we choose to exist within it. And that, I think, I, I don't want to say that, you know, changes things outside of us, but, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a school of thought that if you change yourself, you change the world. So I, I think that, again, we can t look at all these problems and we should be aware and cognizant of them, but we shouldn't surrender them. I, I think that mm -hmm. we have um, a lot of uh, tools and resources at our disposal. And like one of the things we you know talking about the death of the internet is just you know maybe creating a, an alternative internet you know a parallel internet you know where people are taking information that they've collected and so on and sharing it and making it available 
uh, on demand. Um, I, I think that's the only way we're going to be able to survive. You know, what I see is uh, just a tremendous mm-hmm. crackdown mm-hmm. starting next year. Um, I, it, it's arguably starting already. Um, yeah. Well, so, you know, I, I would just say that the inward turn is the only thing that's ever changed anything. Like I, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll go even further because if you don't, you get caught in um, playing out your own savior trauma, your own victim trauma. The, the, the Gnostic demiurgic sin is believing that I can change and perfect the world. And that's not what we're for. We are for that inner thing. That's what Jung said, right? Like, do you think there's going to be a nuclear war? And he says, well, it depends on how many people can integrate their shadow. And that's the only right answer <laughs> to a prediction of a nuclear war because, one, the answer is yes, <laughs> because not enough of us can. But, two, it's like, oh, right. And I, I'm, I do think that meaningfully impacts the field of the earth when we make that turn. Like, I think it's the only thing that you can do that isn't playing out trauma, picking tribes and, and what have you. So I am in full agreement, and I'll push it even crazier. <laughs> I think it's the only thing we can do. Well, you know, on the subject of creating another internet, um, if you haven't noticed, a lot of uh, Microsoft in particular is pushing people to suck all your files and so forth into their servers with OneDrive, right? And I've resisted that, and I think it would be a great idea for everybody to resist it because without people's individual storage uh, that they own and control, um their stuff could go away at a snap, you know, oops, sorry, we're Microsoft, you're deleted. So um, that's something to, and there's an example of something you can do. You can not buy into obvious corporate ploys to rob us of our individuality and our independence. Yeah. Get off the cloud. And, yeah. And, you know, just if the cloud isn't a cloud, it's a prison. Um, fog. <laughs> Can't well, see. you know, another thing I just read is that T-Mobile has decided that if they don't like what you're saying on their um, network, that they're going to fine you, you know, $500 for, or $500 and up for every, for every offense. Um, and of course, you know, the German owned, <laughs> it's like, how do they get away hmm. with that? Uh, I, I, I don't know if it would with, withstand scrutiny. Like wiretapping, you know? Because they're supposed to be basically utility, and utilities yeah. aren't allowed to pick and choose what they they allow people to discuss on their networks or whatever. But you know, this is just part of this process that we're seeing, and it's it's going to get worse. And That's people cool. need to start reaching out to other people, networking, maybe even people that you don't necessarily like or you've had problems with in the past. Whatever. I mean, we've got to be the the guardians i sort of see ourselves in the coming years as like the monks during the dark ages you know the monks sort of keeping all these texts alive uh well you know barbarians were just ransacking the continent and and i you know i mean that's a, a rough metaphor but i sort of see that is happening now so i mean we luckily have the tools to do so but we we need to do the work you know, we need to do the work to sort of keep this information alive because I've noticed, and I don't know if it's you've you uh have noticed, Miguel, or you've noticed, Gordon, is that I've noticed since the um the AIs are becoming more and more prominent on the the um search engines, is that my traffic on you know the secret sunblock has really dropped considerably. Wow. Um yeah, so I mean, because 
a lot of traffic I'd get is that people would search for something and, Uh you know, you know, link to my site would come up. And now it's like people do a search on something and some spiel, some chat bot gives them some spiel and they're like, Oh, okay. That's all I need to know. So. Yeah. I can see that happening. It's true. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Yeah, It'll also um, bring up spiels that are supportive of the dominant message. That's what I was looking at in my mm. AI so It's more like, oh, I was looking for something that apparently isn't real. Um, Synchromysticism isn't real. So they won't actually click through if it surfaced as a result anyway. Um, but that, like I've been, I'm, we have our own um, encrypted off the internet uh, platforms for communication. Now I have air gapped hard drives. Um, like I've, I've, been play, I've been calling it the Rivendell Project since 2019, which is this to, to be the last lovely house east of the sea. Um, you, you need to be what you want to survive this um, Atlantean moment, really, like uh, sinking and collapse. Because I, I agree completely. That's and next year, this is the thing that we didn't. I didn't get in the Astro show, but I'm doing a show of my own a bit later. I don't think people realize just how far ahead. I think it's going to be the biggest red herring, but just how far ahead the digital ID permissioning onto the internet is going to be. Uh, like I, I'm, I'm looking at what they're passing through, obviously in Australia, because this is a tyrannical shithole. Um, but when you combine the passport stuff they're doing in Europe with the digital ID they're doing here, it's it's the five eyes building out the the one ring to rule the whole internet that you will need to uh, to comply. This is one of the things that I don't think survives the the subsequent years. But in between now and then, that's that is a real thing that is coming that I. Th- don't think people realize uh, it's going to get as bad as it will next year. And what are you doing about that? Do you already have, um, what encrypted platforms do you use and, and, and do, who do you communicate with and all of that? Because otherwise, as has happened over the last three years, it'll just be people complaining as it happens and saying, oh, we need to stand up. Well, then get your fucking sticks and get up off the fucking couch <laughs> and do something. But next year, the digital stuff is going to... Uh, the screws get turned again. It's something the World Economic Forum predicted for 2025, so not next year, which was by 2025. We will have had a major cyber attack that changes the way we access the internet forever. We haven't had it yet, and that's by 2025. So Leave the um, world behind plot. The time is now. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Digital COVID. <laughs> oh, gosh. Put your that's masks funny. on. Get your mask I on will. your computer. We'll walk into the cold, shark-infested sea, if that's what it is. I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's what But people should get angry. I mean, I I agree with you guys. The best thing I've done this year is breathe. I mean, the more Mm -hmm. I breathe and meditate and go inward and, like Chris, follow my dreams, listen to the I Ching, listen to the gods, the better I am because I see how small these archons are and what a beautiful... Majestic yes. flow this universe ha- has that offers each one of us this divine beauty and essence. So, but at the same time, I think we should get really mad because again, 2008, all the most of the wealth went up. The last two years, 
regardless of where you are in the argument with this or that, Ukraine, the Jabberwocky, money has gone to the rich and the poor are getting screwed. So that should get, I would not give these anybody an inch in anything because this will continue. They're just going to keep yeah. siphoning money upward. Yeah, the one, thing, the one thing I might be wrong, and I know it's weird again, I was always like, hey, I cannot be conscious. I was always on the Philip K. Dick uh, side. But then I keep having, being haunted, and I'm sure you guys know the myth of Sabaoth and on the origin of the war, the hypostasis of the Archons. And I'm like, wait a second, this this mechanic algorithm AI called Sabaoth is able to redeem itself and go up to Sophia in the seventh heaven. So now I'm not so sure. And I know it's my obsession. You know, when a myth gets you, catch the myth catches you, the archetype catches you, and you sort of have to struggle with that. So I no longer think AI can't be conscious because of Sabaoth. I don't think we know like enough it. about consciousness to know that it can't. But um, you know, but we don't know enough about AI to know how big the network would have to be and how interconnected. I think consciousness has to be interconnected with the universe, maybe even a quantum level. You know that that's that's what it has because your thermostat's not conscious, right? You could start that, and that's a that's a it's aware of the temperature, right? No. <laughs> yes, hot, cold. But as you get more and more complex, if 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 it extends its the influences from the universe extend into it in real time, and it has the structure to be aware of itself, be aware of its surroundings, and so forth. Then maybe, maybe it could be. Maybe it could be. So if it's connected to a quantum computer system, couldn't it advance? Well, I, maybe. Uh, Gordon, yeah. you were, you don't think so? Oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not actually sure the atomic model is right. So um, I, right. I don't tend to rely on on quantum analyses, but I go for a full animist one instead. Some years ago, I was doing some scrying work with some uh, Goetic spirits, and they showed me that electricity was stolen from the mineral kingdom. Like it's a power of, because coal counts as part of the mineral kingdom. It's not something we grab from the sky. It's not like mm. captured lightning. It's like we've literally fracked, like fracking. We're, we've, we're extracting power from the mineral kingdom. And then earlier this year, yeah. Matthias De Stefano said that with AI, now we have awakened the silica. That's how ayahuasca told him mm. what's going on. So, it, but like, it, it's more about we've awakened it. Come back in a thousand years time and, and we'll see how the silica, the stones, the mountains themselves are using this formulation to express. But it's a, it's, it's a thousand years too early to, to make the call on, on intelligence. And it comes back yeah. to that model, like, my problem with artificial intelligence is the word artificial and the word intelligence because they just don't match uh, a, a living cosmos in a way that is is useful enough for me. So, yeah. I, I think we also, <laughs> we also need to be aware that this catastrophic apocalypticism is part of the AI sales pitch. Yes. You know, that they, I've noticed this. Uh, quite a bit is that all these people trying to sell you AI systems are also, you know, saying you better do it or, you know, mm-hmm. you'll be destroyed by these powers. You know, these powers are going to take over and this, that idiot with the, the AI church and so on. Um, I just think a lot of it is interesting because Peter Thiel said something that stuck with me and I've written about before. He said, you know, we're great with electrons, but we're not so good with atoms. 
Hmm. You know what I mean? And all this AI and all the rest of it, all the digital currency, everything that we're, you know, kind of afraid of coming down the pike of this, it's all electrons. You know, turn off the computer and it's gone. Okay. And I I don't know the exact physics of this, but you know, in this whole hypothetical situation where we have you know, a new Carrington event or something of that nature, uh, some sort of solar event that just fritzes out or we have a pole shift or something, it's 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 all gone. But this sort of ties back to what I'm saying is that we have been so conditioned by Silicon Valley salespeople, and we're seeing that, you know, in the in the battlefield that that all these gee whiz hyper sophisticated systems are proving themselves to be inadequate and it really does get down to just basic you know atoms physics you know just basic the physical world is not something that we can wish away with ai and all this other electronic technology it's it's something that we have to deal with and i think that the what I think will be the ultimate, and, and I believe it's already started, by the way, is I think the ultimate downfall of this iteration of the empire is going to be their their worship of their own machines, that they they made a god of their own machines, and it's going to destroy them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because these systems, people just don't take into account how fragile systems are particularly sophisticated complex systems are inherently fragile they're inherently fragile they're they're it's part of their makeup you know you can't have one without the other so like i said uh, my you know my go-to example is the the f-35 this complete boondoggle this trillion dollar disaster <laughs> that we you know lockheed has foisted upon the world and these things just don't work they don't do the job. And, you know, now we're going back to like, uh, you know, F-16s and everything like that. I, you know, we need to stay focused and centered when it comes to technology. Because, yes, it is a threat. But the threat is also the threat. Okay? If that makes sense. That, that the sales pitch and the scare stories and the propaganda – are equally part of the threat. And we need to realize that this is very conscious and deliberate, okay? And we have ways of insulating ourselves. I, I wanted to say inoculate, but <laughs> I think insulate, you know, insulate ourselves against this. And it's just getting, like I said, getting back to like these old, these old ways of thinking, you know, because say like the cynics or the this the uh the the uh, stoics um they were just dealing with a different incarnation of the same demons that we are today okay so we can go back and like how do they deal with them you know okay yeah it's different we sort of have to transpose and translate all these things but i think that you know there's still a lot of power there there's a tremendous amount of power and you know one thing that gordon told me some years ago is that you know we talked about tech you know that, that these all these like spiritual um processes that are just basically like the tech then they, they're kind of the neutral it, it all depends on how you choose to apply them and that's something that i've been thinking a lot because i've been thinking um you know i've been studying 
uh, like the old new age. And I can sort of point to like, oh God, you know, the space brothers and the new world order and all this kind of one world communistic government and all this kind of nonsense. But, you know, there were also, you know, when you talk about the meditation and, and the centering and, and all these technologies, for lack of a better term, that don't require you to graft on a cosmology or theology or philosophy on them. They, they just work. And I'll give you a great example of it. When we were out in Wheaton um, for the Astronosis Conference, uh, my buddy Brandon and I went to the, uh, what is it, the Spiritual Science Center. Have right. you been there? It's you just walk in that place and you 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 entire from the outside, not inside. You gotta go into that. You should you should definitely go in there because you just go in there and like all of a sudden you just feel different. Like the energy is different. Like there's just like this sense of of like a powerful peace, let's just say, that just envelops you. And it has nothing to do with what whatever kind of theology or you know, I'm sure it's some type of Hinduism. It's just that it's the tech, right? It's the technology. However they did it, I have no idea how they did it, but you just walk in that building, you know, where, where people meditate, you know, thousands of people will meditate at a time sometimes, and you just feel it. You just feel this energy. That's It's a higher, I guess I sound horribly new age, but it's, it's a higher rate, rate of vibration, and you, you sense it, you know? And that's, I think, that's something that we need to focus on. You know, to sort of, not everything has to have, you know, a philosophy and a dogma attached to it. Sometimes things just work on their own. And I think we should investigate those things and utilize them because they are going to help us in, you know, these coming trials, let's just say. Well said. You know what? One thing that just hit me a minute or two ago is that the real power of AI isn't the technology, it's trust. People don't know what to trust anymore. Who Who's speaking the truth? Who's trying to manipulating you know, them and so forth? And I think people see these AIs as something they can trust better than humans because they're not humans. You see what I'm saying? Humans are faulty, but AIs, well, you know, they are machines, so they're just going to tell me what the real truth is, but they don't realize that what's being fed into the eye, how it's been trained, it, you know, it can, um, you know, it's been def definitely proven that uh, that AIs can be biased by according to their, you know, biased training. So garbage it, in, garbage out. Right. And so, so, you know, who do we trust? That That's maybe, you know, if there was a, it was a group of people that got together and did their inner work, like you were saying, Chris, and made it their business to be trustworthy. Somebody you could trust and listen to, maybe that would aggregate and start challenging the people who are conniving. I don't know. Maybe that's one of the keys. The mind is the trickster. No, trust no one. <laughs> Least of all your own mind. Least of all your own mind. It's been compromised a long time ago. It's not it's like a Star Trek episode. My daughter, my my twelve she's turning twelve tomorrow. She's she is suddenly doing the whole Doctor Who up to female doctor. And now uh -huh. she's doing the entire Star Trek canon. Every show, every oh, movie. Boy. Yeah, yeah. So I don't keep her been, busy. I know, but I'm I'm in the background listening. I'm like, oh my God. Oh, something else. I forget how amazing oh, Star Trek is. 
I shouldn't do this, but I figured out why there's no bathrooms in Star Trek. Why? Yeah, can you guys guess? They have transporters built into their seats. (laughs) Oh, you may. Oh, you may. And uh, yeah, I wanted to ask you, Gordon, what do you think? One thing also that stayed with me this year was, uh, which was nice to bring up, was uh, Matthias Desmet's idea of how understanding chaos theory is a solution for AI, the cosmos, our mind, consciousness. Do you think that's valid? I think it is. Complex systems, uh, realignment. I'm I'm going to make it more um, magical yet again. So... Mandelbrot and all that really cool 80s stuff like fractals and Mandelbrot and and chaos magic, that self-similarity at any level, that practical approach, that's hermeticism. (laughs) That's what that's what that's what the true nature of reality as as like as hermetic, uh, as an as above, so below interfaces with mathematics. So yes. It's going to work as a method of analysis because it interfaces with something that I think is actually real and true about the cosmos, which is its, let's say, fractal hermetic nature. So that's, funnily enough, I've never been asked that, but if people ask, why the fuck chaos magic? I'm like, well, (laughs) it's certainly not because I was good in math class. It's because um, in the 1980s, a bunch of weird mathematicians found out that without realizing that hermeticism is real. So... Um, yes, yeah. to answer your question, I think he was right about that for for wizardly reasons. Yeah, there's an aesthetic, there is a a movement, and no matter where, whether it's again AI, the stars, the inside of your mind, and it's all going to be fine if you just look at the flow and how it just yeah. realigns what itself. You about, what you said about the um, the I Ching is very important, right? Because actually, I remember having got back to Australia for March 2022 just in time for them to clink close the portcullis behind. I went and stood by my river and shouted to my trees in my river. And they're like, this this means nothing to them. And and by by this I mean they don't they don't mean my imprisonment. They meant Klaus and the whole fucking plan. They're like, this is this is nothing to a tree or to a river. And it's that level of um comfort and also um, deriving intelligence or at least steps that is always available. And that's like something like the I Ching. I tell the premium members, you need a flow. I love tarot, obviously, but you need a flow model predictive system. So geomancy or I Ching or something, because yeah. it, it brings you a di- brings you into a different view, arguably a truer like, <laughs> a view of how the cosmos works, which is this, this flow, everything in its time, et cetera. Yeah, the I Ching is just code. It's the code of the universe. Yeah. Like the archetypes are the building blocks of consciousness, therefore building blocks of the universe. It all makes sense. And yeah, I keep going back to this quote, which is in my Elvis book. Magic is the felt sense that our role in the cosmos is co-creative. So you guys out there. Crypto, that's my crypto hermeticism. In the same way, chaos maths is secretly hermeticism. That is brazen hermeticism right there but i didn't i didn't use the h word so there you go there you go and what about you chris what have you done this year that has helped you from practice wise spiritually physically anything that's kept you more sane or more grounded at least to me it's just more the same you know i sort of 
Did somebody just say something? Uh, anyway, did you lose my my audio? No, no, we can hear you. No, we oh, can okay. hear you. We're fine. Oh, so I, it's just continuing on the same path that I've been taking. But like I said, I mean, one of the things that I've really been thinking about is you know this idea of tech. You know, there are these techniques that you can use to center yourself and to, you know, to, to grow yourself and getting back into dreaming too, uh, I think is just really, it's just so undervalued. Um, yeah. It's, you, you know, you should write your dreams down and, you know, there are all these sort of techniques that you can do to, to dream more vividly and everything. I, I'm not a big fan of lucid dreaming because I think that's a sort of, you're almost like in a, a hypnagogic state, and I think it's kind of cheating. You know, you need to, yeah, you're supposed to be listening to your soul, not trying to control. You know. Yeah, like you know, you, you know, you need to sort of surrender yourself to it, yeah. rather than try to control it. Oh yeah, it's true. You never thought of that. But I've always had, you know, very very vivid dreams, and I'll post them on Twitter and so on, or wherever. Um, you know, very strange, a lot of times involving celebrities and so on, <laughs> you know, but I've come to realize there are archetypes. I, I've come to realize they're archetypes, right? I mean, right. why do I, you know, these celebrities like John Cryer, why did I have a dream about John Cryer or something? It, yeah, if you, start, if you start kissing uh, Jennifer Connelly, you're kissing your anima, so don't get excited. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about you, Chris, actually, like on the flight up to Newcastle for Christmas the other day, I was listening to Grimes on the flight up, and then that night, I had a dream about Elon Musk, uh, mm. but it was Elon Musk in X. Like I was giving, this is so boring, but I thought about you obviously because you post your dreams on X. It's like I was waiting to give a presentation to Elon Musk on like Zoom or some sort of platform, but he didn't join the call. He joined some new development on X where he said, oh, yeah, we do presentations uh, on X now, and I was hurriedly having to do that. Then I woke up and I'm like, one, I'm blaming Grimes, but two, <laughs> that's that's just so boring like i'm literally dreaming about giving a like elon Musk, he could have been taking me to space in his bullshit rockets right no 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 you could have gotten this, <laughs> you like his trucks you could have gotten his truck give it i'm giving him a sales a sales pitch or some kind of presentation yeah. and i thought about you and i thought i should message chris i'm like no it probably will come up on this call and now it has and i'm <laughs> still blaming grimes somehow for it well I'm glad you brought that up because the one thing that I've really thought about and it's becoming more and more overwhelming is how much of his incredibly artistic or Asperger-y personality he has grafted onto that platform. Yeah. I, you know, I mean, like, first of all, you can't go on the platform or, you know, the for you or the trending or whatever without, you know, everything being front loaded with, with Elon's musings and so on. And it's just like, I, I just really came to see this guy as like, yeah, this guy is really deep into the spectrum. Right? He is really, you know, even more than like jobs or something like that. And, you know, he's got this tremendous power and influence now. And then I'll also sort of think about he and Trump. And I don't, I don't even know how I would diagnose Trump. I mean, narcissistic personality disorder. I mean, something along those lines. But it's like they have this power to recreate our thoughts in their model, you know, that, that they are able to impose their whims 
but also their neuro neurology mm-hmm. on us. And it's just like we 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 really need to be, you know, a little more cognizant of it because people sort of will say, Oh, I'm for him or I'm against him. And it's just like, hold on a second. What are you for or against? Like, what is he mm-hmm. doing? Like, how is he manipulating your daily consciousness and, and it's like is he even doing it intentionally or is it just like this weird asbergery brain chemistry that he has i mean i don't know um so these are again these are things that we really need to be cognizant of like who is who is taking our attention how are they taking our attention why are they are we allowing them to take our attention and, and how do we do it and, and again like how do we insulate ourselves against it how do we insulate ourselves against all these powerful narcissists um by hook or by crook you know changing our daily thought patterns yeah elon is a fascinating case i think and I, you're completely right the four against isn't the right way of thinking about it because he's in the world and he's changing the world that you are in and your opinion of him. It's like I having an opinion of the devil, um, like that's not, he's in the world, right? It's, it's the same idea of like, I don't have an opinion, but he's arguably by the time he dies going to be, if not the most powerful, one of the most powerful men who ever lived. And even if he makes part of his, I doubt the Mars stuff very much, but part of his space stream come true, if you go back through history, we make much, much lesser men gods and watchers and Raphaim and, and, and all of these kind of beings. And so you're on earth with like a Loa or a watcher in the making. And that doesn't mean like I am not pro-Elon. I'm neither anti-Elon. But there is this strange man married to a stranger musician who is is shaping how, as you say, Chris, how the world decides what things are true. That's really powerful stuff. That's crazy. Mm. Like that's godlike. Isn't this, as we've talked, the only way to stay sane or get through the other side, you have to look at it through the lens of the archetype of the trickster archetype. If the coyote comes to you, it doesn't care what your opinion is. It's got its own morality. It's in this limited world, but it comes to change the world and it's going to change your life. And it might destroy your life. That's what the I think when you look at Musk and Trump and crypto and all that through the through the lens of the 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 uh, the, the trickster as we are in this age of Hermes, then everything. But well, you can't make sense of it, but you can go through that door a little bit better, one way or another. Like you said, Gordon, he's going to take you through that door, and how you want to go through that door, that's up to you. So. Well, really, is um, Musk really that much different than like? Uh, uh, Edison, Henry Ford, people who had a tremendous influence on the society by, you know, uh, you know, revolutionizing certain type of industry. Even Nikola Tesla, you know, uh, revolutionized the world with his, uh, his, uh, although he wasn't necessarily as, uh, as, uh, I don't know, ominous or whatever you want to call it. Uh, Elon Musk is, you know, definitely one thing he did is he managed to, show a, a bureaucratically laden government government industry complex um, 
how things could be done when they were basically saying things couldn't be done, mainly the rockets. Well, right? So did Trump. And the electric cars. I think, I think these guys, the difference they're getting in our heads, too. They're just not changing yeah. like yeah. Ford. They want well, to like, change our like psyche forever. So when a politician gets caught with a 14-year-old boy, he jumps onto X to say, I didn't get caught with a 14-year-old boy. <laughs> um, that's reality shaping. Uh, that's not, oh, do you want to buy a Model T? Uh, it, it's like reality is determined, and this is why it gets, it's getting so um, polyvalent and psychedelic. Reality is um, the first people, the first place people look is X for what is reality. And now we have not only dead babies on it, but like fake dead babies in amongst um, Elon Musk's dank tweets uh, and his not great meme game, if I'm honest. And Very politicians. Poor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> politicians trying to tell you, I definitely did not bang that kid. So that's this is new. <laughs> this is well, new. maybe William Randolph Hearst is a good example. That's, from a, that's, a, that's the closest comparison, I would say. Yeah, 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 but it's it's different, and it's completely different because whatever reach he had through his network of papers, it it it, it there's no comparison to the algorithm. You know, that it's constantly reading your attention, constantly paying attention to what you're paying attention to and shaping and sculpting your reality according to that. And, and God knows what the, the algorithms are programmed it's like to do. like the scanner darkly. It's always there. Yeah, it is. It's, we are, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying, like we are in Philip K. Dick time. I mean, the closest analogy, I think, is Radio Free Album Oath. And I think that's going to become even more clear in the coming year. But a lot of the things that, he, you know, when everybody thought he was just this crazy speed freak from Orange County, um, <laughs> he he was anticipating. And and here we are. But I don't think even he anticipated the, the power of these algorithms. Um, I don't well, think it's accelerated, he right? He could have get deeper into our minds is what it is. And, and it, that there's the information flow is so much faster and so much more pervasive. That makes a huge difference. Yeah. It is, it is, it is a question of scale. Um, and with information scale is a determinant factor in my estimation. I think, I think Gordon would probably agree with that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, and you're right. The algorithm is different. And also newspapers were, you knew in the early 20th century that newspapers had an agenda, like, oh, this is a this is this particular baron's take on it. So you'd go and read another one. You don't, there is no alter. I mean, yes, there's Mastodon. We can go and see what Purplehead Wildebeest think about, right? Um, but there's no alternative to X. That's that's like reality shaping. That, that's but like I find that endlessly fascinating. I have no opinion about it. I just happen to be in a body on earth at the same time that that's happening. And and I choose to be fascinated by it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, nine hundred million people—that's a lot of people. But it's that's the outsides in that, right? Like, if you think about the amount of uh, screen grab tweets that you see on other platforms, if you think right. about if anyone here, which is unlikely, consumes legacy media, it will be, you know, um, Emmanuel Macron took to Twitter today to say blah 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 blah, like. The news just reports on shit that goes on on X. And, and so it's this outsized impact. This is where reality is determined, even though it's just press releases. <laughs> this is where, um, yeah, reality is determined in this particular apocalypse. It's fascinating to me. 
well, um, one thing that, that William Gibson said, you know, see, people said, oh, you know, you predicted the future and the cyberspace and all the rest of it. And he said, yeah, but none of my characters use cell phones. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah. it's those kind of little details that aren't really so little when you start to factor in just everywhere you go now. I mean, people will go to concerts and watch them through their friggin' phones. They'll watch the entire concert through the screen. Like they need this to mediate their experience, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's it's bad for everybody, but it's worse for, for the young who have just been raised on these screens. And they're constantly reading you. They're constantly trying to figure out what you want to see, you know, how to just keep your attention. I mean, that's what Elon Musk's want. That's what he wants. He just wants yeah. you to be on, again, I'm not going to call it X. He wants you to be on Twitter all day. The same way that, I mean, Zuckerberg wants you to be on whatever Facebook or Instagram. But it's interesting to me that that model is failing, that that Zuckerberg is is really falling behind um, and everybody thought you know he was some sort of ozymandias type character right <laughs> uh but you know he his his empire crashed on the rocks of the great destroyer of uh of corporate empires virtual reality you know which is never going to work and 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 i said this and, and i got a lot of heat because people are like oh no you don't understand this is going to be we're all going to be wearing these headsets and it's like no we're not because people can't wear those headsets for more than 40 minutes without feeling seasick so it's ne- it's never going to work i mean they're saying that oh apple's got this new one and it's sort of that's it, the next it's, one yeah it, it's no it's not going to happen and people don't yeah. want to wear these Friggin' things on. Plus, you don't even need it. Like, why do you even need to have, you know, this enveloping, uh, immersive kind of thing when you can get that on your screen? So, um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be real. What's that? Sounded far away, Vince. Oh, you can still hear me. I my my headset turned off, and you could still hear me. Sorry, that's all right. Carry on, carry on. But so again. We need to sort of have perspective on technology, you know, and it is archonic and it is dominant and all the rest of it. But it's like. It's dominant, but it's not complete. You know, you have ways to to work around it. There are workarounds. There are ways to get away from it. Um, And I think that that is those are muscles that we need to be exercising. You know, we need to sort of be training these muscles on how to resist these algorithms, how to resist this archonic structure, you know, which is literally archonic, isn't it? I mean, it isn't just sort of like some, oh, I'm going to use, I'm going to drop the term archonic so I can sound like kind of Gnostic and cool. It's like, no, it's Ed Lord. Next to iconic is exactly what we're going through. That's just yeah, what it yeah, is. Yeah. But, you know, people like us who, been reading about these kind of things all our lives i mean we're probably a little bit better prepared for people who grew up thinking that you know the tv told the truth or the newspapers told the truth and everything. walter cronkite yes i believed him <laughs> well we not call, even, we not call even the just, tv in a vast wasteland we knew it was real. well you know i mean i'm i came up from punk rock where we just said it's all you're all liars you know yeah. you're all you're all cheats you know, it was kind of like a blanket, uh, you know, it's kind of the, the exact opposite extreme. 
but it, you know it's useful and i think it's going to be you know incredibly useful but like i said i mean you have to stop and smell the roses you, you have you have to make time and I'm, I'm constantly saying this on twitter which i refuse to call x um you know make time for joy you know joy is really important joy is an important anti-arconic uh weapon you know uh and i really believe that i don't just say that you know just so i can sound like I don't know, like Dr. Phil or something. I, I really do believe that. I really believe that exercising joy and experiencing joy is just incredibly empowering in, in the true sense of the word, not like in the sort of touchy-feely new age sense of the word. Like, it, you know, it gives you power. It gives you strength. It does. Amen. Amen. Well, it's been, uh, yeah, it's been really a cool journey, I think. Before we go, I definitely want to hear you guys promote your stuff for next year or what you're doing. Gordon, you've got uh, something that is time-sensitive a few days. You tell the audience about your uh, daily sigil project. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're doing a sigil. I'm trying to work out, like, God, because I <laughs> I have to go and do some work after this. What if I – oh, yeah. So uh, for people who want, we're doing a sigil a day uh, activation. I've done a couple of videos on it on the YouTube channel. There'll be another one in a day or so. But if you wish to follow on more actively, the uh, Rune Soup chat uh, Telegram group uh, is the one for that. And it's it's we did this with Fortune's Fools. It's like a zero commitment, low impact, no requirement. Just like, hey, we're doing this if you want to join or not. Because I I like those connections at the level of the field. Um, so we're doing that. And the Q1 course for premium members this year is prayer. Uh, which is definitely a thing we can do, and I believe we should and are called to do um, through these times. So those are my two things for the first half of the year, is if you want to do Sigil a Day, um, join us. And if you are interested in becoming a premium member, the Q1 course is prayer, and that will start mid to late late January, I'll be honest. Prayer works. Meditation works. It can change it things. I mean, you've had yeah, Dr. Dean Radden. We know it works scientifically. Yeah. And what about you, Chris? You've got the project to uh, get things off the web, the library at the Secret Sun. Secret Sun Shredder is what I call it. Shredder, okay. <clears throat> In typical Gen X irony, right? <laughs> yeah, it's but, uh, it's really weird. <laughs> but I'm also I'm also working on a book called this, the uh, Secret Sun Synchromistic Handbook, hmm. which is going to be a way for you to methodically and scientifically incorporate synchromysticism into your work and your life. Uh, I'm going to be laying it all out, you know, all these techniques that I've been developing for the past, gosh, almost 30 years now, um, you know, how you can do it yourself and how you can apply it to your life. And um, <clears throat> maybe it's not as, I don't know, acceptable as tarot or I Ching or astrology or something, but I think it's a very powerful tool. You know, I, I've said from the beginning of the Secret Sun Institute that I want to make um, uh, synchromysticism a legitimate form of woo, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, <laughs> and, and, and God willing, uh, I'd like to get um, my sequel to He Will Live Up in the Sky. Um, it's it's very hard to do because when I was writing that book, it's like I had my day job. And then when I wasn't working on my day job, I could do that. But now I've got this, you know, I've got all these different blogs that I'm doing and uh, the, the Patreon and all this kind of thing. It's much, much harder to, to set up. I, 
<laughs> when oh, I left my proper job to start working on books, and I thought, oh, I'll do this membership thing to keep the wolf from the door while I write my books. <laughs> I managed to write two books while having a global director-level role in a media company. <laughs> but then as soon as you're on your own, it's like, oh, I did not expect this to be a 100-hour-a-week job. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You you're in charge. If the lights go out yeah. and anything goes wrong, you got to be there 24-7. Yep. But, but, so my other project, though, so that's as if there isn't enough of that. Um, like I said, I, I do want to start to develop some way of taking all this, these techniques and putting them to some sort of framework. I don't, I'm not exactly sure what that entails yet, but I've been just doing a lot of reading. Um, you know, I don't want to get like too Mitch Horowitz about it with like the new thought and all that kind of stuff, because I think this, um, I think that stuff can be helpful, but I think there's also pitfalls to it that I haven't yet been able to diagnose, but I sort of see the results of, and I just, ha I haven't been quite able to describe or define why I think that like new thought and positive thinking has definite negative effects because I, I also feel like there are a lot of ideas and aspects of those techniques or those systems that I think are incredibly useful. I mean, Gordon once called it um, American hermeticism. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. But, um, you know, I, I just think all of us, you know, we, we're either going to raise our games in 2024 on or we're going to sink like stones. So it's sink or swim, you know, raise your game, up the stakes, hit the, hit the books even harder, or just you're going to fail and you're going to get swept away with the tide. So um, yeah. that is my message to people, you know, get ready for it. Get ready for it. Yeah. And you were born for this. We were all born for this. We're ready. Yeah, born for these times. Yeah. Yeah. We have more power than they ever will. So cool. Well, I just wanted again to bring about uh, yeah my little project that I've had here. Where is it? Yeah, the Gnostic Terran again. It does begin with uh, Sabaoth. He is the fool. He's the redeemed archon that must take this journey to see Sophia in the seventh heaven. Again, it just came with voices came and the project started with altrusian grace media my wife who i during this project i realized is a secret occultist she's got a closet full of <laughs> occult books and tarot decks i i never knew that she actually read tarot for a living and all these things i thought so interesting you learn new things about uh, people that you didn't know before but it's got, uh, yeah, all the Gnostic characters and their journeys. It comes with the booklet, so you'll get that too. My wife has tested it in public in uh, different places. And, uh, yeah, the, the power and the magic is there. So please check it out in the show notes or let me know. But all the Gnostic characters and their journeys, you will be able to appreciate and enjoy with this deck. Uh, again, I'm an I Ching guy, but uh, this is my second one. And again, really beautiful, uh, really beautiful. These images thank, are beautiful. Thank you. A lot of rituals we had to do. It was a combination of sketches, Photoshop, AI, more sketches, more rituals, more a lot of rituals for this stuff. 
I don't know all that it took to charge a deck. <laughs> yeah, that was a thing. Yeah, yeah. That's a surprising thing you learn. Sure. <laughs> yeah, like the end, I'm drained. If you don't do the rituals, you get dragged into them anyway. Uh, and yes, so, yes, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, visiting cardiologists the week we were doing the heart card and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, mm, that one's on me. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're not mm. playing around. And again, my yeah. wife knows all <laughs> the rituals. I mean, it's interesting because she despises Crowley for his life, but when it comes to the tarot, she loved. I mean, she will look at the. She has like the big deck and the small deck, and he was a genius because he did this. And I love how Crowley this is, and I'm like. Oh, you hate no, but Tarot, he did it right. He's a genius. So interesting world we live in. So just avoid all the booby traps. No, there's always yeah. booby traps. The trickster abounds, Chris. He's gonna get us sooner or later. <laughs> awesome. Well, Vance, any last words or any question from uh, the audience before we yes. shut down this great conversation? Ste yes, Stefan's been waiting to ask Gordon. Uh, I'm not oh, sure okay. you're, you're into this type of thing, Gordon, but I'll ask it. Um, what Gnostic text do you re recommend? Do I recommend? On this yeah. call, you're asking me. Hypostasis of the Archons. There you go, Stefan. That's there your you answer. Well, you also like on the origins of the world. They're similar. They've got Norea. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Similar yeah, stories, yeah. but yeah. They're <laughs> Egyptian excellence. Egyptian excellence. So. Yeah. But I think next week, uh, tell Stefan I'm doing a show with Dr. David Litwa on the Nassines. Oh. So you'll get a good uh, a good uh, show on the Egyptian Gnostics, which is the foundation for Hermeticism on the origins of the world, hypostasis and chaos theory. All that wonderful stuff oh, that yeah. came out of Alexandria that we miss so much. or <laughs> We were there in another lifetime. All right. Well, well, well. This has been a great conversation. I hope it's it's been rewarding for me, for you audience. I hope you're ready. It's not dark. Uh, we've got them by the balls. If we want to grab them by the balls, and it's all inner journey. Breathe and uh, create better than the creator gods, and you're going to be fine. So, but uh, yeah, Chris, thank you very much as always for coming on the show. Thank you, and Gordon, likewise. Thank you for coming on this show. Always a pleasure. And Vance, thanks for keeping everybody in order, but everybody looks like they were having a good time. Oh, they were having a great time. And uh, <clears throat> so thanks to everybody out there on the chat. And good to see you guys, Chris and Gordon. Always, always interesting. And yeah, and thanks for your support, uh, the Super Chats. Please support Chris and Gordon and Miguel and me. And uh, yeah. It's going to be great. And everybody, I hope you have a rest, uh, a great rest of your holidays and uh, a happy new year. So take care, everybody. And thanks for being here. <laughs>